crisis serves as the megaphone for individuals who have endured transformational change. By highlighting trials and triumphs, our desire is to create a safe space for pivotal conversations, which in turn will deepen the story and provoke hope for you, our listeners. As you may know, change is never easy, but it is inevitable. You are not alone in what you're facing. Your transformation is possible, purposeful, and now. And here's Aaron Wiggum, founder and managing director of New You, with this week's guest. Welcome to another edition of New Voices. My name is Aaron Wiggum, and I am your uh, the managing director of New You, as well as your host of New Voices. We're so excited. We have a wonderful young founder with us today. Uh, she is an amazing woman doing great things here in the community of Tulsa. Uh, she's also expanding her campaign around the country. She is um, always has this warm smile and presence when we see her. Um, she is a champion in the sobriety community, and we're going to talk a little bit about that later. She is a thought leader. She is a very detail-oriented individual. She likes to get her eyes dotted and her T's crossed. And so I'm, so I'm really excited to bring her here and for her to in, meet you all and for you to meet her. Uh, I want you to sit back and listen to the wonderful story of the founder of Rise, Miss Ryan Cook. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, this is this is a, a well overdue. Yeah. Um, you were here when uh, Dr. Montana Kane was here and mm -hmm. you uh, captured some social media and whatnot for her. And we'll talk a little about your influencer campaign that you do. <laughs> okay. um, but I want to start in the beginning. So let's just hear the Ryan Cook story. Like, where where did this all start? Just, just walk us through your timeline real quick. Yeah. Um, well, I'm originally from D.C. All right. D 202, baby. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Chocolate City. Chocolate City. <laughs> and uh, I moved to Tulsa last year. Okay. Um, June 20, 20, June 2022. June, okay. June 2020. Sorry. <laughs> and um, I moved here through Tulsa Remote. Mm -hmm. And I have been here for, it's been a year now. Okay. And um, I originally came doing just uh, some admin work and just trying to figure out like, hey, I've, I've never lived anywhere else other than D.C. So mm -hmm. let me just see how Tulsa, Oklahoma is. And um, before moving here, I was kind of scared because, like I said, I've never lived anywhere else. And um, and yeah, and so I landed here and gained community, met so many amazing people, have done so many different things that I never thought I would do. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm still here, here for another another year or so. Um, yeah, as, I guess as, as I kind of have. That's cool. Yeah, okay. that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's go back. And I'm, I'm kind of familiar with these D.C. streets. All right. Yeah. So, so let's, let's talk about it. What, what part of DT, uh, D.C. are you from? I'm from Northeast DC, North which is actually kind of like, um, like maybe like heart of DC, yep. close to Howard, close okay. to Union Station. Dope. Yeah, I'm I'm very familiar familiar with 14th and U. Oh, okay, yeah. That's 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 <laughs> where, that's where I, I hang out, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we used to go down near the uh, DC Footwear, and we oh. used to go to you know JoJo's. Oh, uh, the jazz club. Yeah, the little jazz club. I love that spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I would frequent 14th and U quite often. Yeah. Also, I stole my wife from DC. Oh. Yeah, yeah. She was in D.C. as a deputy chief of D.C. public schools when wow. I met her. 
I went to DCPS too. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, uh, I'm very familiar with those DC streets. Yeah. And uh, the good times, uh, in, in, in the culture there, the black culture there. Yeah. The celebration of black culture in mm-hmm. DC um, that is palpable. And I, I didn't get it in Pittsburgh. So spending time in DC was was always fruitful for me uh while while I was there. Yeah. So uh you which uh when you you're you're coming out of DC um when you where where did you go to school? Uh college. I went to a community college okay. in Silver Spring, Maryland okay. called um, Montgomery College and I thought I wanted to be a nurse. Okay. So I was doing like requisites for the nursing program. Mm-hmm. I worked in the NICU, so I was like I'm going to be a nurse, I'm going to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. I applied to UDC's nursing University of District of Columbia yep, yep. nursing program. And then I changed my mind at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then post that program, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, that decision, where did it lead you to? Um, I did some, I've been, I've always done like social media stuff, like influencer type stuff. Okay. We can get into that early then. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's go there. <laughs> but uh, I had, I didn't have it as like a full-time thing. Like I wasn't doing it full-time. It was just like something that I enjoyed doing. And so I worked for a healthcare consulting company doing like project coordinating. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked doing some social media stuff for them, Mm -hmm. building like um, learning courses online and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was kind of hard to like make the decision to not be a nurse because it was like something that was just like um, something I wanted to do for so long. Mm -hmm. And then like deciding like, I'm going to quit this. I don't want to do it anymore. was like a big kind of decision for me. Yeah. Um, but um, like the other side was like remote work mm-hmm. and it was more like creative and I felt a little bit more free. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so how did you get into the social media influencing space? What, what, what kind of led to that? And mm-hmm. then how did you start to build your chops in, in that space? Well, I think I have like a really warm, bubbly personality. You do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I just have... I was like kind of just sharing things online, like especially when COVID happened, Mm -hmm. um, I would bike a lot. Um, I grew up biking with my dad. So it Mm -hmm. was just like um, when I had got my own like cool bike, Mm -hmm. um, I just started posting it more online. Like Mm -hmm. I would ride through the trails and like record myself doing that. I made like an ebook for my friends Mm because they were like interested in biking. There were so many questions. Um, And so I just kind of just started sharing my journey of biking Mm -hmm. online um, that ended me getting like a biking sponsorship. So nice. I got some like free clothes sent to me. Okay. Um, I was on the Fuji website. So uh, yeah, I just had always been interested in doing stuff like that. Okay. And then you, so you started to take that to another level with like, also you're, you're learning how to skateboard. It looks yeah, like. Longboard, yeah. Longboard. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And so what, what kind of led to that longboarding? Um, here in Tulsa, there okay. was a guy. I was, I think it was like a June, it may have been Juneteenth weekend. And he was like on this longboard. And I asked him, like, hey, can I get on your longboard? And he's like, yeah. And then I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I love doing out anything outside. Outdoors, I yeah. just love to do. Okay. And so I had um like asked him if I could get on. And he said yes. And then um I ended up buying my own longboard that weekend. Oh wow! And had I just been like teaching myself how to do it, okay. going to skate parks, parks here in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I had 
never knew how to do it before. And now I feel like, oh, I can do this now. Okay, yeah. good. And then last year we all went to, you know, Tulsa Remote has this wonderful float trip that they oh, do yeah. every year. Mm-hmm. And so we ran into each other at the float trip down Tahlequah River. Yeah. Uh, and, or the river in Tahlequah. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a vibe. That, I mean, was, it was, that it, was nice. We had a really good time. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, just, just kind of going down the river, bunch of groups of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you said you're an outdoors person. Yeah. Um, what do you think kind of made that come about? Or how, what, what led to that? Mm-hmm. You being so outdoorsy. It's so healing for me. Okay. I love being outside. Like, I know, like if I have a bad day or something, like yeah. I, I go outside, I feel so much better. Okay. And also my dad, he was like a big outdoor person too. There you go. Yeah. So growing up, he always took me to like Rock Creek Park yep. and um, these parks in Maryland. Yeah. And we would ride our bikes and it would be just, it was like me and him time, yep. you know, because my sister wasn't really into it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and like I was the kid that you had to like, pool inside when the street lights came on Same like yeah. you know like yeah. i love to be outside all day long yeah so um it just kind of has just stuck with me yeah. and um you know vitamin d is healing the sun's healing mm-hmm. um and so i just i love to be outside and it really speaks to the to the power of exposure right because mm-hmm. like you said your dad exposed you to it and it's yeah. something that how way that you all bonded right yeah. and so when we don't when we limit what we're exposed to we don't mm-hmm. even afford ourselves the opportunity to grow in these variety of ways right yeah. if you only do the five things you go oh, oh, these are five things i know how to do right mm-hmm. but what about the 55 other things that you're leaving on the table right yeah. mm-hmm. and so uh, i was the same kid though uh you know <clears throat> in terms of coming in the house i mean i would in the summertime <laughs> i'm out the door nine o'clock in the morning yeah. eight o'clock in the morning i'm coming home 11 o'clock at night <laughs> My mom's like, you ain't ate nothing. Like, yeah, where you been? Exactly. Who you been with? Right. I don't know. Smelling like outside. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm just, I'm going for it. Right. Yeah. Um. It's, and But once again, it goes to exposure. Like mm-hmm. I grew up fishing every week, you know, my dad. Oh, you know? So we would go fishing and mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't a hunt, hunter, but he definitely mm-hmm. was, a, is an avid fisherman. And we would do, uh, you know, I played all the sports, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, my dad is a sports guy. So. He didn't play them, but he watched them, understands them. So it was all very much about what I was exposed to. Right. right. And yeah. so I think that that's that's great to have that exposure. So you've you've been kind of leading this uh, or championing this idea of sobriety. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I just first of all, I want to give you your flowers like um, I am I am really um, impressed with your candor uh, about the sobriety journey and your ability to kind of to be unashamed about any of it right yeah. like we there's so many people who try to hide proclivities or anything mm-hmm. that we've kind of like had to endure or overcome mm-hmm. but for you to like nope I'm owning it like listen I got myself I had to check myself and I'm yeah. I am now becoming who I want to be mm-hmm. intentionally. And I'm not only going to do that, but I'm not going to do it privately. I'm going to do it publicly. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. that, that audacity is necessary, um, especially in our communities mm-hmm. where um, champions tend to look like sports athletes. Mm-hmm. Right. We, 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 we put these people up as figureheads of champions, not necessarily people who have, won the championship of life, 
Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so I uh, want to give you your flowers now for that. Let's talk about that, though. What yeah. what kind of was was leading to the spiral down? Mm-hmm. And then what kind of was your was the impetus for you to say, you know what? I got to get this in check. Let's write. Let's write this wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, I think so. D.C. is a big boozy culture. It is. You know, happy hours. Yeah. Bottle of mimosas, day parties, brunch, yeah. you know, and Rooftops. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, young DC girl growing up in my early 20s, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to do this every weekend mm-hmm. and not really face anything that's actually going on in my life. But mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just go to happy hours. I'll just go to brunch. I'll just go party. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just go to these kickbacks and not really face anything that. Yeah. I was actually going through. And mm-hmm. I think that um, especially in the black community, we don't talk about what's if something is actually wrong with us. We don't even like I feel like I didn't really know how to say I had a problem. I didn't even mm. know it was like necessarily a problem wow. um, until like I was realizing like blacking out and mm. um not really showing up as my best self for work the next day because I'm like hungover, mm-hmm. you know. Um, not having genuine connections with people. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of my friendships were based and surrounded around I'm alcohol. Right. Yeah. Yep. And like partying yep. and we're all kind of just like, okay, yeah. Like, you know, YOLO, live, you know, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. And then yeah. it, it just caught up to me yeah. and it started making me feel miserable. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it wasn't fun for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized like a lot of my sadness and stuff was just kind of like surrounded around drinking and, just wasn't really making the best decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry, what was that other question? <laughs> yeah. So what 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 led to the spiral, and then what? Where did you realize, like, okay, I got to do something about this? Yeah. So yeah, I was twenty five, mm-hmm. and like my last day drinking was just like I was just sad and like miserable, and I just wasn't feeling the best about myself. I think I just was just really depressed mm-hmm. um, and just hiding it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my therapist, actually, she was the one that said, like, hey, I think you need to go to sober meetings so mm-hmm. that you can meet other sober people. Mm-hmm. And um, I just thought she was crazy. Like, yeah. I really thought well, I'm she 25 was. years old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. I actually remember one time we were because we would meet on Zoom. OK. And I remember one time I was like going to hang up on her because I was so through. Like, I was just like, I didn't want to listen. Like, this is a person that came into my life to help me. Yeah. And I did not want to accept her help. Mm. Like, I just was just like, you can help me with other stuff, but right. you can't help yeah, me don't with talk it. About like, that. exactly. Right. Yeah. And um, I mean, goodness, I just I love her so much for really like sticking it through with me. Wow. And because um, I was hard headed, like yeah. I didn't want to, you know, like I'm 25. Yeah. Like, I want to have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day I just told her, like, OK, I'm ready to stop. Like, I'm. I'm ready to accept the help, mm. you know? And so I went to um, a 12-step program mm-hmm. uh, and um, met community, other people who were sober. Mm-hmm. And um, it changed my life. Like, I stopped drinking. Like, ever since then, I haven't I haven't drank. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started also sharing that journey, like, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, when it, maybe when I was around 30 days sober, because, like, I had got this little 30-day chip, and right. I was so excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then all my friends were like, are you okay? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, mm-hmm. is everything good? Um, and so that's kind of how it all started. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I want to go a bunch of different places with this. Okay, this is this yeah. is this is good. Yeah. So so one one question I'm gonna ask during that experience, talk about the other things you had to shed because alcohol was gone. Oh yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> It cost me everything. <laughs> everything had to go. It's like yeah. everything must go. Like one of those little, yeah. you know, signs. Like it was like everything yeah. must go. Yeah. Um, out sale. Yeah. Friends, certain men, mm-hmm. um, places that I would tolerate. Yeah. Like all these places I would go in DC. Like I just today I would not go there, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um the opinion that I had about myself, like mm-hmm. I had to really like I That's good. Yeah. I did not. I didn't think I really knew who I like. I knew who I was, but I didn't really know how to like how to deal with things. Like okay. I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to deal with feelings. Right. I didn't know how to do boundaries. I didn't I didn't have that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like everything had to change. Like my mm. life did a whole like 180 or yeah. something, you know, yep. like it just everything everything changed um but it changed for the better like i don't miss anything about okay. like my old life yeah yeah how how difficult like so 25 you're kind of early in the game like yeah. it's not like you've been drinking 20 years right yeah so uh how i don't want to say how difficult it was because mm-hmm. anything that you have to stop you have to get control over over is difficult right yeah but what i'm more so mean is like uh when as you're building your, your life you you are still uh you you're still coming into adulthood at 25 mm-hmm. right yeah and so you are getting control of this thing mm-hmm. at an age where like you can live out the rest of your life cool yeah because you, it wasn't a part of your life for half of your life mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. or i'm assuming that i don't, I don't well yeah well I started when I was really young, like in high school, like 14, 15. Okay, so, so it was. It was okay. like a big part. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it started with like like day drinking or sneaking drink, drinking? Yeah. And, okay. With with friends in high school, okay. like after school parties. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was not good. Okay. And then it just bled over into your 20s. Yes. And, and then you just saw this this downward spiral. Yeah. Um. And then could you be around alcohol and not drink? Um, like when I first started? Uh, uh, or? B- by the time you went to the, uh, the, the the 12-step program. Oh, yeah. I think it was, it. I was like, I knew that I didn't want to go back to where I used to be. And I knew if alcohol was the culprit, like I just knew like, okay, I just, I'm not going to drink. Got it. And so I would bring my own, like I was drinking, I drink a lot of sparkling water in okay. the beginning, like yeah. and fuzzy sodas. Yeah. So yeah. I would bring my own stuff to the cookouts, right. parties. Um, I made sure that people knew like, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not drinking. Can right. you have other options? Or people would say, like, hey, I have this for you instead. Right. So um, it wasn't hard at all. That's good. But I think it was um other people who had such a big issue. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. The, 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 and I, I don't drink myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, and I I used I used to not drink for religious reasons. Yeah. And um, and then I, I grew up. And realize, like, you know, you're not going to hell because you took a drink or something, right? right? Yeah. However, what I what I more so never wanted to do was have to control it. Mm-hmm. Like every anything that you start, you got to control. Mm. 
right? Yeah. And so my idea was if I don't have if I don't start it, I don't have to control it. Yeah. And so I never started it. Same thing with weed and everything mm. else. Like mm-hmm. I just never even I, I'm all the homies on the block. <laughs> I, I I've been with all of them. Know yeah. all of them. But some of them did time. Some of them didn't do like mm-hmm. all of that. I just didn't want to get involved because I didn't want to have to control it, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was hard enough trying to control the things I did start, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think that like being, uh, being at a place where like you're 25 and you have to like gain this self control back, right? Yeah. To where um, I am, even you, you have a bottle here, take control initiative, right? Yeah. It's about taking control again, yeah, right? Yeah. Um. It it it, it feels. Uh, it can feel foreign to be out of control. Mm. And and to the point that like you don't even realize you're out of control until you're really out of control. Yeah. And that was the thing too. Yeah. Like I didn't have any friends who were sober. Mm-hmm. So unless they were like religious yeah. or pregnant. Yep. Um, and it was like it was getting out of control. Yep. But it was like other people around me were kind of doing it. So it was just like, okay, but my out of control was just getting was just it was out of control. And Mm -hmm. I just knew like if I continued down that path, Mm -hmm. it was not going to end pretty for me. Like, um, yeah, it was definitely like I had to take control of my life and and say, like, if I want change, Mm -hmm. it means that I have to be disciplined Mm -hmm. and say no to this. Yeah. 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 Um, so you're talking about the cost of giving that up and what that looks like making that change. Yeah. Some relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Some experiences, some places. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go a little bit deeper into that. So, you know, when you you said people were supportive and they, you know, they made sure you had something, an, an, an option. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, how did how did you deal with your friends or your family that weren't supportive, that mm-hmm. were like, because you always got those people yeah. who like, you mean to tell me who do you think you? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, it, it, well, I know what we were just doing two months ago. Like, yeah, girl, get out exactly, of it, right? Yeah. So, like, you always got those people mm-hmm. uh, who want to keep you where you are. Yeah. To keep them comfortable. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about how, and you don't got to put no names out there. But, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but just talk a little bit about how that made you feel. Was there some in? Uh, in were you a little indecisive or mm. like, did it make you second guess? Or like, mm-hmm. let's talk about that a little bit. Well, I had friends who would say, well, are you pregnant? Yeah. You know, and yeah. I had to be like, no, I'm not pregnant. Right. I'm just not drinking. Right. Um, and then I had friends who would say, uh, like, for instance, like my 30 days, like I had a friend who said, well, let's just celebrate by drinking. And I'm like, no, that's, <laughs> that's not. That's the point. <laughs> that is the antithesis of what. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, well, that, yeah, I had to really educate some of my friends because right. they didn't, you know, I had to also kind of give grace. Like some of them just has have they never have no been yeah. around another like a young sober person. Right. And um, I did have to have like a really in depth talk with one of my friends who, she, you know, she said that I had like she was like, well, I don't, I don't see why you're doing this because we do the same thing, mm. and it's not a problem for me. So like, are you trying to say like it's a problem for me? Right. You know, and I had to have a really in depth talk with her like. Yeah. It's not like it, it doesn't have to be a problem for you, but right. it was a problem for me. Right. And, you know, she didn't see that other side of me when I, I got home and yeah. things were just like not good. Right. And like so I had to really have an in-depth talk to like just tell her th- how it, much it meant to me mm-hmm. that I needed her support. Mm-hmm. Like we had a, a sit down yeah. um, and she really understood. And from that point on, she's just been super supportive. Yeah. Um, but I did have friends who like, told me I was doing too much, yeah. you know, like not everybody who drinks is an alcoholic. And I'm like, 
I don't consider myself an alcoholic, but also like, I'm not saying that, that that's the, like, you know, that if you have, if you're drinking that it's a problem, like you don't have, I don't have, I'm not saying that. So like this friend, she ended up unfollowing me. Mm. Like, so the non-supportive people, I just, just like whatever, because Mm -hmm. the support of my friends, Mm -hmm. my real friends, like my family, um, like I've my my parents are super supportive. My siblings are super supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, I just try to like go over where the where the love is warm and yeah. just stay there. That's smart. You know? That's very very wise of you. Yeah, because uh, you, you you do always tend to have those people. The moment I want to take a step forward, you you look at yourself and say, "Well, so if that's forward, then what am I supposed? Am I behind? Yeah. It's like yeah. my journey has nothing to do with your journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I would have people who, you know, it's funny. We, we have people get an order, you know, order their drinks at a restaurant or mm-hmm, something. I'd be mm-hmm. at a group of eight people or so. Yeah. And everybody is waiting to see what I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. don't care what you're drinking. Like, yeah. What are you worried about? Yeah. What I'm, I want a Sprite. Like, right. leave me alone. Like, <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Know? Or yeah. like, uh, you know, I love ginger beer. Me right? too. I love ginger beer. I love ginger beer. I just had yeah. a ginger beer. I can't go stuff. Yeah. And um, so I will, and they see the bottle. Oh, that is that... Uh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like, look at, but you mm-hmm. relax. Why, yeah. Why is this such a thing? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I've definitely been been there uh, where, uh, where it, it just, you know, it's it's funny that you, you have those people around and sometimes you don't realize it until you take the thing out of the equation. Mm-hmm. And when you start to look at people without the thing that connected you with the people in the yeah. equation, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you see a different person. It's like, yeah. You're really not that fun to be with, actually. Yeah, like, like <laughs> exactly. Like the alcohol was how I kind of like tolerated yeah, exactly. being around you. Yeah. And um, when I realized, like, okay, some of these friendships are just not like they're not growing with me. Yes. Then it's just like, okay, I just have to leave them alone. Yes. Or the universe kind of like made that decision for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was just like sayonara. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm gonna live my life in a way that's healthy for me. Because it's like, it's like sometimes people don't want you to be healthy. Exactly. You know, like, I'm like, this is healthy for me. Like, this is a big change for my life. Right. So why are you so upset? Even with the drinking thing, like out at a restaurant, like I'm going to order a mocktail, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'm going to order a cute mocktail. Right. So like worry about what's in your cup. Right. And like, that's that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Okay. So you, you're from DC. You are outdoorsy. Yeah. And you 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 you're longboarding, you're riding bikes and you're <laughs> yeah. you're you're sober, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh a national television show <laughs> says, I want to interview this young girl from DC yeah. mm-hmm. who's outdoorsy and, and longboards and, yeah. and and whatnot, but who's leading the sobriety charge. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about this. Uh share, share, share whatever you like to share about that. Yeah. Well, I post my sobriety journey on TikTok mm-hmm. and I post it on Instagram. How do they follow you? Um, oh, I'm the girl Ryan on TikTok. So that's T-H-E-G-I-R-L-R-Y-A-N-N. And then on Instagram, it's girl Ryan, G-I-R-L-R-Y-A-N-N. Got it. <laughs> um, so yeah, on TikTok, I post about my sobriety journey. Mm-hmm. And um, one day I just checked on my page and there was a reporter who was like, hey, we're doing a um, segment for Sober Talk, Mm -hmm. hashtag Sober Talk. Mm -hmm. And we would love for you to be a part of it. And I posted my journey on TikTok, not really realizing how much it would like blow up, Mm -hmm. you know, 
Um, and when you click on the hashtag sober black woman on TikTok, you don't really see that many of mm-hmm. us. There's maybe three or four women who are talking about their sobriety journey. Mm-hmm. And then when you click on the hashtag sober, which has over two point billion, you know, two point two billion views mm-hmm. on TikTok, you don't see any representation other than white faces. Mm-hmm. So um they reached out to me for a different, like diverse, of right. course, experience. Right. And that was the Today Show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was like, literally, I guess I was like, I don't know, I was shocked. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe that the Today Show wants to interview me about mm-hmm. my sobriety yeah. um, journey. Um, and it was with Savannah Sellers. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a great experience. It was, it was very affirming. Like, yeah. I was just like, I'm doing the right thing. Yep. Um, and it, you know, I just wanted there to be some representation Mm -hmm. because I feel like the sobriety movement, when you think of sobriety, you don't really see young black women, Mm -hmm. um, or any black, like it's really hard to see black people on this, on the sober, like journey on online. So, um, yeah. So I felt really good about having that representation Mm -hmm. to, to be like, national and say like hey i'm doing this mm-hmm. and you can do it too if if that's what you want yeah 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 and i i think that you know when you talk about there being a lack of representation mm-hmm. you know i think some of that is cultural yeah because mm-hmm. we we you know we, we're taught suffer in silence yeah you know we're taught never let them see you sweat yeah we're taught you know like mm-hmm. not to not to, you know what goes on in this house stays in this house. Don't you yeah. tell nobody else, right? Yeah. And so it, it's our culture. To, mm-hmm. Well, it's a part of our culture yeah. to not heal openly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you have to like go against a whole lot of um uh a whole lot of advice that mm-hmm. would tell you otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Look at the benefit. Like, look at the people you're helping by just telling your story. Yeah. I get so many comments, yeah. like, um, young women who say, uh, like, I want to do this or, you know, mm-hmm. this is my goal or, like, how do you do this? Or, mm-hmm. like, what ways do you cope instead? Like, yeah. or, like, I'm on my sobriety journey. I'm five days sober. Yeah. Uh, or either other people who are like, I've been sober for 30 years. Like, keep up the good work. Like, mm-hmm. I get an overwhelming amount of love and support by Mm -hmm. sharing that journey um but yeah i think um like i agree with you a lot of like our our community is like Mm -hmm. we have to keep this in inside you don't want like you're crazy like you know or you know some word to describe you know addictions like Mm -hmm. we don't talk about like okay somebody in our family has has an addiction Mm -hmm. and how can we help this person Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of like hiding and Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to hide. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, also when you're, when you're, you know, when you're talking about how, uh, these things kind of arise, Mm -hmm. right. Um, so here comes the today show. They, uh, reach out to you. Yeah. And, but if you had not dared to take the step forward. Mm-hmm. And take control, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which I can go a whole other way with this. Like, you know, people respond to you once you came in control, mm-hmm. right? There's yeah. something about when you have the control mm-hmm. that you can actually start to dictate the next steps, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, they reach out to you based on this bodacious, uh, this 
this audacious move that you made to actually bet on yourself Mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to take control of my life and I'm going to take this step forward. Mm -hmm. And then here comes a national show that says, we want to chronicle your journey moving forward, right? And then how much did that affect your network after the show? Like like your TikTok followers, was there an uptick in uh, traction? Well, you know, there was... It wasn't a, an uptick in on, on TikTok okay. because there was like a story that came out about TikTok and how like who gets pushed and how the people who work at TikTok are the ones who like are the ones who are pushing it. Right. So I think like I think from black creators and white creators. Yeah white creators get pushed the most. Right. And I do have like a, a nice following on there, mm-hmm. but it didn't really like blow up. Okay. Um, but I did have like some comments who were like, yeah, like um, I just saw you on the Today the Show. Yeah. 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 Um, and I did actually have, um, I did a podcast with Elizabeth Vargas mm-hmm. who um, has partnership to end addiction. And mm-hmm. so I did a podcast with her because she saw the, the Today Show. So mm-hmm. I did get a network in other ways rather than like a more following. Directly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, how how did you, uh, what what did you start to use instead of alcohol? Like how, mm-hmm. how did you begin to um, form new habits outside yeah. of the drinking? What did you, mm-hmm. what did you, how did you redesign or re reimagine mm-hmm. your, your life? Well, I had to learn I'm still learning new okay. ways to cope because okay. what used to work before just does not work anymore. Okay. So um, therapy has been a big help. Okay. Um, and also like trying to manage my social anxiety when I go out mm-hmm. like at the, to these networking events mm-hmm. or like parties or something. Um, it's still a learning process. Like I'm trying to make sure like, cause before I would like have alcohol to like mm-hmm. kind of let loose. Yep. Yeah. But now I'm like, actually have to show up as myself Mm -hmm. you know like i'm like this is this is it for me like i (laughs) i don't like i'm like raw dog in life i need to like be like be who i am um so like a big thing that has been helpful for me too is like kind of naming my feelings like if i'm anxious if i'm sad if i'm angry um if i'm happy like naming some of that stuff Talking to friends has Mm -hmm. been super helpful. Like if I'm about to go to an event, sometimes I'll call a friend. Like I'm like super nervous. I'm Mm -hmm. anxious. I'll call my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, and then also just being outside has Mm -hmm. been really helpful for my mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, Resting, making Mm -hmm. sure that I'm nourishing myself, making sure I'm feeding myself. Um, all of that has been super, and even though it's it's kind of like small, mm-hmm. it's really big and and you know the grand scheme of things. Like, right. am I taking care of myself today? Right. Um, and I think that's something that I never really looked at before. Like, how am I taking care of myself? How am I taking care of my mental health? Um, so I'm trying to live, like, trying to learn still. Like, what are ways that I can manage without alcohol that are you know in a in a big alcohol world? Right. Yep. Yeah. Like going to, sorry, like going to concerts sober. Mm-hmm. Um, comedy shows. Comedy like, sh- like yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Like I yeah. had to do all those first. Yeah. Um, and they were, it was a little awkward for me at first, mm-hmm. but I had. Weddings. Like, yeah, weddings, yeah. sober mm-hmm. weddings, um, which I actually just got invited to a sober wedding. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, going to restaurants and mm-hmm. having mocktails instead. Yeah. Um, all of that has been helpful, but it's it takes practicing, it takes yeah. doing the work. 
Absolutely. So we, we, you know, one of the things new you is new voices is in place uh, because it serves as a megaphone for in, individuals who have endured transformational mm-hmm. or pivotal uh, instances in their life. Yeah. And so one of the questions I always ask our guests is like, walk us through one of your like your darkest nights. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is a period of my life and it has it can be sobriety connected or not sobriety connected Mm -hmm. but where you just were at a low point and you didn't know how to navigate through it yeah how did you find the resolve and then how did you come come up out of there like what 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 did you do to to lead your create your path leading out Mm. well i think one of some maybe something that was dark for me was when was losing my job Mm. in october okay and I haven't had like a like a steady income since then. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, thankfully, things have just been happening. But I was, you know, one jobless away from home, away from family, mm-hmm. away from friends, like my friends back in D.C. And I'm like here in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was winter time, So it's not like I could really be outside, right. like, you know, c- going into the new year still like not not really happy with things um so i think that was something that was it's just like i was a, a little down about it like i didn't have i didn't have that support system that i usually had mm-hmm. um to lean on and didn't have like was trying to figure out okay where is money going to come from that was like kind of hard for me to even though I just got, actually just got a job here in Tulsa. <laughs> like, I think that was like last month. Right. Uh, and so I think how I came out of that is therapy. I'm mm-hmm. just like a big, like, I feel like that's just something that has just been monumental in my life. Nice. Like therapy and um, also like staying the course, like before I would like just drink over that stuff. Like, mm. okay, I don't have a job. Okay. I'm not right. with friends. I'm not with family. Right. Um, but I would do that subconsciously. Like I didn't think that I was doing that. Like I wouldn't say like, okay, I'm going to go have a drink because I don't have a job. Like, you know, right. I would just be like, okay, well nothing else for me to do. So I had to learn ways to manage sadness mm-hmm. and loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, was that difficult uh, navigating that through that period? Yeah. Like uh, without alcohol. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, mm-hmm. it was really hard. Yeah. Like, you know, I think sometimes, I mean, like online, of course, I talk about the great things, mm-hmm. but when I'm feeling like sad and lonely and yeah. like I didn't I didn't have like physical intimacy from my family, mm-hmm. like in friends, it, it was hard to navigate that. Like I was very sad, yeah. um, but therapy helped. Journaling helped. Mm-hmm. Just like having a good cry helped. Mm-hmm. Um and just telling myself, like, if I go back and drink over this, it's not nothing's going to change besides, right. you know, like um, hurting myself. Like right. I was so used to hurting myself. Like I was always the person like, you know, when things would go wrong, it, I would blame it on myself. I would hurt myself mm-hmm. and having to change that to say I can't hurt myself anymore. I have mm-hmm. to start learning how to love myself through all of these motions mm-hmm. Um, and how can I learn to love myself? What do I need uh, to bring some joy in my life? Mm-hmm. Um, music was a good help. Like, okay. you know, listen to Marvin Gaye. Like, okay, like I'm feeling, you know, very white. Like, right. okay, just trying to trying to get, trying to feel better. Right. Um, so, yeah. And I think I pulled myself out of that by 
just taking it a day at a time. Like I think before I would just want easy fix. Like mm-hmm. I just want to feel better today. Right. You know, I need to feel better now. And that's what alcohol gave me. Like yeah. it gave me like that instant dopamine right. um, and trying to find dopamine in other, other ways. Other things, yeah. Right? yeah. And so um, pulling myself out of that was just, just doing the work every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I don't, I don't know. I think that's just how, and I feel a lot better. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, one of the other things that we, we always cover is, you know, how do you and how have you held on to hope throughout all that you've endured um, in your life so far? Mm-hmm. Um, good and bad. Like it's not, you know, enduring something doesn't just mean it was bad. It, you can endure good times too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And so h- how have you uh, endured, uh, excuse me, how have you held on to hope uh, throughout life and throughout the ebbs and flows of what life has presented? Well, recently, um, I think after like I kind of founded Rise, mm-hmm. which is Radiate Your Sobriety. I love it. Um, me too. I love it too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I've held on to hope by wanting to like help other people. Mm. Like through this journey, like nice. um, I want people to know that sobriety doesn't have to be like that dark 12 step program, yeah. which didn't work for me mm-hmm. after a year. Like I was just kind of like, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. But um, knowing that you can have a different way of living and um things can be done without alcohol. Like you can still have fun. You can still enjoy your life. You mm-hmm. can still have, you can have good connections. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I've held on to that hope by other people, like having faith in me, like sending me all these amazing messages mm-hmm. and the overwhelming support and love that I get. Um, I think that's how I, I have, you know, other people have been super helpful for me. Good. So community and, um, love and self-love and mm-hmm. community care has just been something that has been super helpful. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So call to action. What, how can people reach you? I mean, you mentioned a little bit earlier with your Instagram, but in uh, your TikTok, how can people reach you? Um, and what's some le- a final thought for, for our listeners? Um, how people can reach me. I have my, I have, Girl Ryan on Instagram, mm-hmm. the Girl Ryan on TikTok, and then now I have Radiate Your Sobriety on Instagram, and I host sober events, mm-hmm. and um, so you can follow me there and learn about sober events that I'm gonna do, mm-hmm. and then I'm planning to do some here in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other question you said? And then, <laughs> um, what what's the final word that you would leave for our listeners? Huh. You can think about it. He, he will cut it out. Okay. Yeah. Final word. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to think. Okay. <laughs> In the meantime, um, let's talk a little bit about Rise. Okay. Um, is it out yet? When will it, when, when will it launch? And how will people be, be able to engage it? Yeah. Um, well, it's not out yet. Okay. But it, I'm doing product market research. Okay, good. Because, you know, I just want to find out what people want. Like, mm-hmm. Um, radiate your sobriety, which is rise. Mm-hmm. I um I want people to be able to have community, mm-hmm. and I want it to be culturally sensitive, mm-hmm. um, bipoc centered, mm-hmm. because in those twelve step programs, um, they haven't been updated since like 
the rules have not been updated since 1939. <laughs> and so you can imagine how black folks are feeling in these spaces. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and so a lot of those programs don't allow you to talk about race, sex, oppression, and how that relates to your addictions. Which that could be why you're drinking. Exactly. <laughs> it would be 80% of the reason I'm drinking. And, because, and that's, and that's the, the truth. Right. Like, it's not culturally competent at right, all. Right. And um, I want Rise to be something that is culturally competent so mm-hmm. that people who are, you know, feeling like a lot of my drinking or um, addictions mm-hmm. are from race, sex, religion, trauma, mm-hmm. you know, um, and there needs to be a safe space to talk about that. Yeah. Um, and then I also want it to be something where people can find non-alcoholic events in their area. Like, mm-hmm. how can I go to this restaurant and do they have mocktails here? Like, you know, can is there a non-alcoholic event in my area? Are there people who want to be social? Because I want it to be a social thing mm-hmm. for people to really come together and have a good time. Um, so right now I'm just having sober events. Mm-hmm. I just had one in D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, at D.C.'s first non-alcoholic bar. Nice. Um, and those are popping up like all over. I've been hearing about that concept all yeah. over. Yeah. And yeah. I would love to have my own too. Like yeah. a cool non-alcoholic bar. Mm-hmm. And I think some people are like, well, what's the point of that? And um, they had. <laughs> it's, it's so short-sighted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are like, what's the point of that? Like, why do you need to drink mocktails? It's like the same reason why it's like you're vegan and you want dairy free cheese. Like, you know, it's sort of like, I want something else, you know, Um, something something that's not going to make me feel bad. Right. So, um, binge bar, um, the owner, she's so sweet. Um, I hosted a smudge stick lab there. And that is like where you put, um, herbs and eucalyptus together Mm -hmm. and you can like, just like, light it and have it in your own like home Mm. or wherever and just have good energy Mm. and good vibes and um that was like a sold out event Mm. and i i felt honored to do that in dc because like that's my hometown yeah and um the amount of support that i had Mm -hmm. um and i was just like you know what i want to do more stuff like this so so yeah rise is a place where people can come who want to feel supported and and want to be in a place where it's like um, we can be open and honest about our struggles and it doesn't have to be like hidden behind some 12 step program that doesn't allow you to be who you are. Mm -hmm. So basically like, I just want to redefine Mm -hmm. how sobriety is viewed. um, And like here, you know, nice. And that will be through an app. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be an app. Yeah. Um, So yeah, right now just doing product market research, but I am looking for like a UX designer. So if anybody is like out there, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> uh, would love to to connect and talk and see how that can go. When, when do you think it'll be ready to launch? You know, um, I'm not sure okay. because I do need some funding too. Okay. So we'll get that's for what you need. This <laughs> you is know, what I you need, never know. Who's... I need funding. Yes, <laughs> I need some UX. coin. Okay. Okay. Uh, so however, you know, if someone's listening, yeah. like, you know, um, uh, I would love to to connect to talk more about how I can uh, get some funding for for that. Okay, great, great. Yeah. So, Ryan, any final words for our listeners? Yeah. Um, whatever it is that you want to do, that you can see yourself doing, it's possible. Mm-hmm. The same way that I was able to just 
say, hey, I'm not doing this anymore. It required a different version of myself. Mm -hmm. um, and that version of yourself can be possible. Yeah. Um, it just takes that work and commitment. Mm -hmm. um, and I became mentally stronger by doing that, by giving up alcohol. Mm -hmm. And um, things in your life can be radiated. You can have you know, an amazing time. Um, but you do have to put the work in yeah. for yourself absolutely to to get there so yeah. so yeah um and just you know try to try to do it <laughs> that's good that's yeah. good um we have a saying in new you to turn impossible into i'm possible yeah. yeah yeah and that's that's exactly where that that's thank you so much for sharing your journey with us yeah um you all have heard another edition of new voices we're so glad to have ryan here and we're so glad that you were able to listen. Be safe and see you next time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of New Voices. Visit our website at www.newutulsa.com. That is N-E-W-U-Tulsa.com. Follow us on social media at New U Tulsa on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And a special thank you to our producer, Jesse Ulrich. If you're looking for self-improvement, join our free cohorts for personal and professional development opportunities. New U is a way for diverse talent to imagine, discover, and actualize a 2.0 version of yourself. Bring your future into focus. Thank you.